RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines. Chief Executive Carrie Lam stands by her extradition plan despite protests. Patient rights groups say a new health insurance scheme won't help those most in need. And scientists say they found a new species to Hong Kong, a tiny ant. Despite a protest by thousands of people yesterday, the Chief Executive Carrie Lam is standing firm on plans to amend extradition laws. Priscilla Ng reports. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says protesters' concerns are a far cry from the plan's real intention or purpose. Speaking after attending a financial symposium, she stressed the bill wasn't tailor-made just for the mainland and clearly stipulated there'd be equal treatment for all jurisdictions that Hong Kong didn't have an extradition agreement with. Thousands of people joined a march yesterday opposing the changes, saying they could lead to Hong Kong residents being identified as suspects and sent back to the mainland. Mrs. Lam again and stressed there'd be a range of human rights and procedural safeguards in the system. She also said the government wanted to table the bill to LegCo on Wednesday to have it scrutinized as soon as possible. She reiterated it was aimed at plugging a loophole exposed by an alleged murder case in Taiwan last February. The suspect is being held in Hong Kong, pending a trial for theft and money laundering. Mrs. Lam said if the proposal didn't pass in time, the suspect could be freed and justice may never be served. The Hong Kong Federation of Insurers has played down concerns over unchecked rises in premiums in the new voluntary health insurance scheme, the first government-backed scheme of its kind. Deputy Chairwoman Elaine Chan says she believes market forces will rein in price rises. There are 38 health insurance plans under the scheme, with the average premium of a standard plan costing around $4,000 a year, lower than expected. The government hopes a million people will sign up in the next two years and help steer patients towards the private medical sector and ease the burden on public hospitals. I believe in the free market. Because of the competition among the market, I don't think the insurance company will be. Because I want to aggressive now, and then next year I may increase the premium by 30%. I don't think this is the case. Because they don't want the customer to let go, as well as they want to be competitive as well. Tim Pang from the Patients' Rights Association welcomes the scheme, but says it won't benefit almost 4 million people who are either elderly, living in poverty or have a chronic illness. He says these people can't even afford the cheapest premiums under the scheme. He, told, he urged the government to continue supporting them through the public system. It doesn't help the existing uh, 1.4 million people living in poverty, uh, 1.3 million uh, people with uh, chronic illness, and also 1.2 million of um, elderly people. Because these uh, group of people, they have to rely on public health care services and they cannot afford to buy insurance. So I think um, even with these voluntary health care uh, insurance plan, uh, the government should continue to uh, support uh, all these people's health care needs through the public system. Scientists from the University of Hong Kong say they found a tiny new pest in the SAR, a species of ant that's native to the Americas. The dark rover ant, which measures just two millimetres, was found in Hong Hum last year. Assistant Professor Benoit Guénard from the University School of Biological Sciences says the specimen's the first of its kind found in Asia. He says the ant's harmless to humans, but the public and the authorities should watch out for it. That species is probably unlikely to really fret people. Uh, they will not be stinging people, for example. So there is no fear to have in that case. But I think most people uh, in this room or in general do not like to have more species uh, in their home. 
or to have actually species coming in schools, but also in more sensitive areas like hospital. And this is a species that unfortunately is known to do very good at that. They can really invade your home, and uh, when you have like hundreds of thousands of workers that are just like crawling across your counter or uh, in a nursery, for example, this is not something uh, extremely valuable for anybody. The Liberal Party has hit out at a government plan to tax developers who fail to sell new homes within a year of completion. The pro-business party says the move will push up property prices. It wants luxury homes to be exempt from the tax as they're harder to sell than mass market flats. Howard Chow, the convener of the party's Development and Construction Industry Concern Group, says it's also unreasonable to threaten to jail company bosses who are found to have evaded tax. It's already a penalty to developers that when they are not able to sell the properties on time, they have, there's already a heavy fund involved. And right now you still have to put an extra penalty to the management by uh, imprisonment. Actually, some of the time, uh, maybe some frontline staff, maybe they make some careless or some minor mistakes, but does that really have to also put the management in risk and jeopardy? I don't think that is fair to them at all. Lejko's housing panel will discuss the plan this afternoon. On his first working day, the new CEO of the embattled MTR corporation, Jacob Cam, has said one of his priorities is to rebuild the firm's reputation and salvage public trust in new rail projects. His predecessor, Lincoln Leung, took early retirement following a construction scandal at a station on the new Shartin to Central Line. It's been a difficult year for the rail operator, which has seen an unprecedented simultaneous breakdown of four of its urban lines, as well as an out-of-hours train crash while a new signalling system was being tested. In an email to staff, Mr Cam says he expects more difficult times ahead as the corporation works to fix problems. Taiwan says it scrambled its own jets to intercept mainland fighters that crossed into its territory yesterday morning. Taipei issued a strongly worded statement condemning the rare incursion across a maritime boundary. Alex Price reports. Taiwan said two J-11 jets crossed over the so-called median line, a widely recognised line of demarcation in the strait separating two sides. It said it sent radio warnings and launched its own jets to ward off what it called an intentional, reckless and provocative action. Relations between the two sides are already at a low point, with Beijing increasing the number of fighter and warship crossings near Taiwan and seeking to further diplomatically isolate the island. But it is highly unusual for its aircraft to cross the median line. The last incursion was in 2011 which both sides agreed was an accident. State broadcaster CCTV says two children died and 18 were injured when a dust tornado sent an inflatable bounce house flying into the air in Henan province. The large bouncy castle twisted around the tornado at a fairground as people ran away, according to images posted on social media. Two adults were also slightly injured in yesterday's incident in Tianmiao town. A Vietnamese woman accused of assassinating the North Korean leader's half-brother has been sentenced to three years and four months in jail after accepting a lesser charge. Outside the Kuala Lumpur courts, her lawyer said she'd likely be freed in the first week of May. Duan Thi Hon was originally charged with murder, but this morning pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of causing injury. Kim Jong-nam was killed with VX nerve agent at the Kuala Lumpur airport in 2017. Uh, the woman's Indonesian co-accused was released last month. Japan has announced its new imperial era will be known as Riwa, a word that includes the character for harmony. It begins next month when Emperor Akihito abdicates. The 85-year-old Akihito will become the first Japanese monarch to abdicate in around two centuries when he steps down on April the 30th in favour of Crown Prince Naruhito, who will ascend the throne the following day. 
In London, members of the UK Parliament are preparing for a second round of non-binding or indicative voting on what to do about Britain's planned but delayed departure from the European Union. MPs have rejected the deal negotiated with the EU by the Prime Minister Theresa May three times for widely differing reasons. They're due to spend the day refining a range of possible alternatives, including a public vote and the possibility of cancelling Brexit if Britain is about to leave without a deal. Pope Francis has again strongly criticised politicians who want to put up walls and other barriers to keep migrants out of their countries. Asked by reporters about President Trump's threat to close the US border with Mexico, the Pope didn't refer to Mr Trump by name, but he said leaders who build walls would end up becoming prisoners of those walls. We saw in Morocco that we need bridges, and we feel pain when we see people who prefer to build walls. We have pain because those who build walls will end up being prisoners of the walls that they build, whereas those who build bridges move forward. The Turkish president Recep Tayyip Erdogan says he accepts the verdict of the voters after his AK party suffered major defeats in cities in local elections. Every victory and every loss is the will of our nation. And we will have to accept this fact as a necessity of democracy. We will admit that we won people's hearts in cities we won, but we were not successful enough in cities we lost, and we will act accordingly. In Istanbul, where the vote is very tight, both Mr Erdogan's AK party and the opposition Republican People's Party have declared victory. The Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido has acknowledged there can only be a change of government in Venezuela with support of the armed forces. Military chiefs remain loyal to the government of Nicolas Maduro, while Mr Guaido is recognised as Venezuela's interim leader by the United States and more than 50 other countries. Mr Guaido says the frequent power cuts and water shortages are responsible for the intense public anger against Mr Maduro's government. We have a situation now with protests in more than 20 districts of the capital, Caracas, and in all Venezuelan states. People are demanding that power and water supplies be restored, but also for the usurper, Nicolas Maduro, to go, which is the main message. A comedian who plays a fictional president on television is on course to win the first round of Ukraine's election and to compete against the real president in next month's runoff. Exit polls give the satirist Vladimir Zelensky a clear lead over Petro Poroshenko by 30% to 17. Mr Zelensky says his apparent victory is just a first step. I would like to say thank you to all the Ukrainians who did not vote just for fun. There are lots of exit poll results, but only one candidate will win. This is only the beginning. We will not relax. Mr Poroshenko said that coming second in the first round was a harsh lesson. Local and regional stocks have rallied, buoyed by upbeat mainland manufacturing data and signs of progress in trade talks between Beijing and Washington. Markets across the border stood out after the release of this morning of a private business survey, the Saichin Market Purchasing Managers Index, which showed the manufacturing sector had returned to growth for the first time in four months. The reading comes a day after the official PMI showed factory activity unexpectedly grew in March. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,533. That's 479 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $71 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.04 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 12 cents. And the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 23 cents. Now to sports and here's Atom Joe. 
We start with football. Liverpool are back on top in the English Premier League after they beat Tottenham 2-1 at Anfield. It was Toby Elderviro's 90th minute own goal that gave Liverpool a dramatic late win, and it moved them two points ahead of their closest challengers, Manchester City. The Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp says his team must continue to take risks if they're to win the title. If we want to be top of the table, of course, we have to take risk. That's how it is. But not usually not more than we usually do because we always have this kind of offensive approach, stuff like that. Both teams, Tottenham and Liverpool, can play better football than today. But on a specific day like that, after international break, you have to, to use the level of fuel in the tank. We want to go for the highest stakes. That's what we do. They're still in the race. Let's carry on. Let's recover. Let's train together. Let's work together. Let's prepare together. Yeah, And then fight. Spurs remain third after that result. That's just one point ahead of Arsenal, who play Newcastle tonight. Chelsea came from a goal down to beat Cardiff 2-1. Late goals from Cesar Azpilicueta and Ruben Loftus-Cheek gave Chelsea the win. There was controversy when Azpilicueta's goal should have been disallowed for offside, and Antonio Rudiger was lucky to escape a sending off. Cardiff manager Neil Warnock was furious with the decisions. When you don't win the game because of nothing to do with yourselves, it, it, it's really a kick in the teeth. The, the equalising goal, if they, you know, that's the winning goal really, not the second one. But if you can't see across the line there when it's such a clear and obvious one, it's not even close. I don't know what we're in it for. And uh, it's the biggest, the best league in the world and probably at the minute, probably the worst officials we've got at the minute. It's so disappointing today. I thought the fans were brilliant and, you know, Chelsea know they've got away with murder today. In American collegiate basketball, Michigan State took down top-ranked Duke 68-67 to reach the NCAA Final Four. Cassius Winston scored 20 points and 10 assists in the win. Zion Williamson, the expected number one pick in this year's NBA draft, had a game-high 24 points in defeat. The Spartans will face Texas Tech for a place in the national championship game. On the other side of the bracket, Auburn stunned Kentucky 77-71 in overtime to set up a Final Four meeting with Virginia. And in golf, Kevin Kisner caught it right this time at the WGC match play event in Texas. He's won the title after beating Matt Kutcher by a score of 3-2. and two. This after getting blown out by Bubba Watson in last year's final. Kisner never trailed against Kutcher. A 20-foot birdie putt sealed the win, his third on the PGA Tour. And that's your look at sports. That's I'm Joan there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Chief Executive Carrie Lam stands by her extradition plan despite protests. Patients' rights groups say a new health insurance scheme won't help those most in need. And scientists say they found a new species to Hong Kong, a tiny ant. That's the news from RTHK.
Taking lots of 